0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Southern Catholic. This is episode seven of season one. I'm Tracy Dillon, and I'll be your host. Today, our topic is the Holy Spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit and all the things that go along with that. So today we have a special guest on the show. Father Brian Timby is going to be with us and kind of help us understand a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. So it's a really exciting topic. It's one of my favorite things to talk about and... um, so, Father Timby, welcome to Southern Catholic. Thank you, Tracy. So, Father Timby, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know right now you're um, helping out our parish as an associate. He's actually a retired priest, but he's the busiest retired priest I've <laughs> ever seen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, Father Timby.
1: Well, Tracy, I've been ordained 40 years. Uh, it's before 40th anniversary of this July. Wow. And uh, was ordained here a deacon at St. Mary's. Uh, forty one years ago. Okay. So I come I come back home, and I retired to Jackson. And I'm supposed to be retired, but due to Father Cortez's sudden death last summer, I've had to fill in a de facto associate right. here now. But I also fill in for all the priests in West Tennessee where I'm vacation or ill mm-hmm. and uh travel a lot doing that. So I enjoyed. It. I'm also a uh, chaplain now at Sacred Heart High School here in Jackson. Yes. I'm really looking forward to that next year. Yes, I think so. that's
0: gonna be a real blessing for the high school.
1: It's a blessing, but I love kids. Yeah, I love kids, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. so you wanna tell us a little bit about your, your voice? You yeah, have that, yeah. that raspy voice. <laughs> I, was just, I
1: was just sharing that someone the other day said, I just reminded them of the boy and uh, the little rascals who had the raspy voice. Right. <laughs> and so for your audience, let them know, I had cancer of the vocal cord mm. in 2004 and I had several radiation treatments, and the raspiness is caused by the residual effect of the radi- radiation mm. and the scar tissue. The cancer's not here, it hasn't been back, but this yeah. is what I live with now, and some days I can talk, some <laughs> days I can't. You're blessed.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you do an amazing job, so we're very thankful that you're able to I still do. speak, and we're thankful that the cancer is gone. Praise the Lord. Um, so, yeah, well, go ahead and get started. So like I said the Holy Spirit is a very great topic um, it's really important to me I feel like growing up I really didn't know much about the Holy Spirit I felt like I, even though I grew up cradle Catholic went to Catholic education went through Catholic school have been to mass all my life I feel like the Holy Spirit was just an afterthought and I really pictured it as a white dove floating around and just a spirit Kind of guiding people, and it didn't really hit me until I was really in my forties that I actually had the whole, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me, that that was giving given to me, that was giving to all of us, and that, um, that that I needed that to fulfill God's mission, um, to do His will, and um, so anyway, the Holy Spirit is is very powerful, and it's and it's an exciting topic. So tell us a little bit about what. Your thoughts about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and
1: all the things. Well, I think you're very typical of most Christians, not just Catholics, most Christians. hmm Because the Holy Spirit seems to be a short shift. Right. In uh, devotion, uh, we focus on Jesus as Lord and Savior. We know the Father for the, from the Our Father. We know that and creation. But the Holy Spirit is kind of left out there, skimmed over. Mm-hmm but he's always been present. God always has been. So, the Father loves Jesus. Jesus loves the Father. Jesus is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with Jesus. Holy Spirit is with the Father. The Father is with the Holy Spirit. Even at creation. When God created, he did that. Then he spoke the word, and said this is good mm-hmm. the word is jesus and then he breathed on the teeming waters and that's holy spirit since you know that the word for breath and spirit mm-hmm. in the ancient languages was the same right. Ruah. Mm-hmm. so when jesus breathed on the apostles he breathed the spirit into them in a very very special way but we find the real story of the holy spirit Not so much in the Gospels or the Old Testament, but in the Acts of the Apostles. That's where we find them. The history of the church is proof of the Holy Spirit, because only the Holy Spirit can motivate those apostles and disciples to go out into the world and to accomplish what they accomplished with the power that they were able to do.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it reminds me, um, there's a song out. It's called By Mercy Me called Say I Won't. And it has a line in it. It says, I was going 35 with a rocket inside. I didn't know what I had. And it's talking about just kind of going through life and through your Christian faith, not knowing the power that you have inside, that we were giving that power, just like the apostles were. Um, We're going to talk about um, Pentecost coming up next week in our in the church um how once the holy spirit um, they were filled with the holy spirit they went out you know they were no longer afraid um fearful people they went out and proclaimed the gospel and that we are still called to do that and um once you realize that once you open your heart to the holy spirit and realize this power that you were given that same exact power that was given to the apostles back way back then We're still given that power today and to go out and preach the gospel. And I think that can be done in a lot of different ways. You know, um, I think people say, well, I can't go out and um, just tell people about Jesus. I can't do a podcast. I can't do all these things. But we all have different gifts and different ways that um, Jesus has called us to do
1: that. People are afraid. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is courage. Mm. Courage is doing what seems to be impossible with faith. And that's what they did. And that's what we are called to do. I remember back in my younger days, I wasn't always the good Christian Catholic man that I hope I am today. But someone came into my life that changed my life by his actions, and his willingness to surrender to God. And he motivated motivated me to examine where God was really in my life. Always Catholic, mm-hmm. going to church, but what was God calling me to do? Was it just to live in this world and be happy? And occupy a, pew, a seat in the pew once a week? Right. Or was it more? And through his example, I was led to a conviction that god was calling me to do more and i had to make some changes in my life in order to accomplish it to place my trust in him and uh, to live a certain way and so i began praying And that's essential to know that holy spirit will not come into our lives unless we ask him he's there but he won't manifest himself unless we pray we have that wonderful prayer in the church come holy spirit Fill the hearts of your faithful enkindle in them the fire of your love. Right. And send them forth that the face of the earth will be renewed. Right. So that's what I started praying through this man's example. Yeah. And over time, it developed and I felt the call to go out into a new world. Wow. And when I told my family that I was going to go to the seminary, my sisters wouldn't believe it. <laughs> My brother said, not you. Right. You know, I was surprised. I got the best reception from my father, who wasn't Catholic. Oh, wow. And when I told him, he said, I've been waiting for you to make this decision for 13 years. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then hey. an ordination then, he broke down in tears. Wow. And Bishop Stafford took his hand and gave it to me <laughs> and sent me down to give it to my dad to wipe his face. So, oh,
0: wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. So he knew yeah he knew. he knew yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah but it so it took someone else using their gifts to to um, make you realize that you needed to do more to just change. like Paul you know yeah, Paul went
1: like... out to all the the towns the villages preached through him people received the holy spirit were moved to conversion right. accepted the lord the same with Timothy and Titus and all the apostles St. Right. Thomas went to India, right. you know, proclaimed the gospel, brought people to the faith there. Right. And uh, Peter went to Rome, Paul went to Rome. So it always, one of those persons that was anointed, yeah. ignited the spirit in those who listen. Yeah. Not just heard, but listened. listen. A lot of people listen, hear, but they don't pay attention, so they're not listening. So if you listen to what's being said about the gospel, The Holy Spirit will enter into your heart and move you to respond to the good
0: news. Yeah, so it definitely, it takes the Holy Spirit. You know, it's not something we can do on our own accord. You know, it definitely is um, the calling of the Holy Spirit to come into your heart, to change your heart. Um, I know people, and I've seen it, you know, people pray, oh, I wish so-and-so would change. I wish they would change their habits. Well, you're not going to change them, you know. Um, but it is, is—it's you can pray for them, but it's really the stirring of the Holy Spirit. They have to be willing to open their heart to the Holy Spirit to make changes and to allow that to happen.
1: It's true. That's yeah. uh, the example of Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. She lived her holy life as a member of a convent, religious order in Ireland. And the Holy Spirit, through her prayer for the poor, called her to go work with the poor in a special way. But she did it the way she was supposed to. She didn't up and leave. She went through the channels, got permission to go and form this new community, and to take one of the other sisters with her from Ireland. And they ended up, look what she did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. And I think, like you said, one of the gifts is is courage because I've seen it and, and I've I've experienced it. The Holy Spirit isn't always, um, doesn't always move in this peaceful um, way. Um, it can, I, I love how the, um, I think it's the Celtic Christians call it the wild goose, use that because you never know where he's going to take you. You know, sometimes it's, the Holy Spirit is going to move you out of your comfort zone to do things that you're not comfortable doing, that you're maybe not feel prepared to do. And so you have to have courage to, to do that. And that only comes through the Holy Spirit. It's not something you can just do on your own. Because on our own, our own accord, we're going to stay fearful. And, oh, I can't do that. I'm not qualified enough. But through the Holy Spirit, um, we can have that courage. Well,
1: Jesus even told that to his disciples. He said, the Holy Spirit is like the wind. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. know where it comes from. You don't know where it goes. You just know when it's there. Right. right. And when we're aware of the Holy Spirit, we know he's there, and we know he's calling us.
0: Right. So,
1: the way we live our lives is a proclamation of the power, power of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, I agree. And when you see people doing things, um, in then you in a great way, and and really for for the glory of God, you know, you can see that that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, the way that the way that they live and the way that they do things, and um, I will. Um, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and I found this interesting. Um, I listened to Bishop Barron a lot, and he did say, someone asked him once, like, how do you know you're doing God's will or living, you know, in the Spirit? And so, well, if your life is producing the fruits of the Spirit, then you're on the right track. Um, If it's not, you may need to, you know, readjust. And so I think about that a lot, if I'm making decisions or if I'm... um, have a decision to make, is it, um, am I living in love and joy and peace and, um, generosity? Is it, is that calling going to produce those fruits? Um, so I think it's important to think about that as well.
1: The biggest one too is patience.
0: Patience. Oh, that's a tough one.
1: (laughs) You know, there are lots of confessions as a Catholic priest and patience is the number one sin. Yeah. People can, I lack of patience. Yeah. You know, uh, are we able to get through a day without being critical of somebody else. We're getting upset with what they do and being patient with God work with them and be patient with ourselves to be a good example. Yeah. So they know what God expects. Right. Uh, so often we fall in that trap too. We see someone not living up to our expectations of a Christian and we'll be critical and that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. Right,
0: and yeah. I, I think patience, it- it comes along, too, with, it, with love because if you're not patient with somebody, it's usually because they're getting in your way of what you want to do. You're kind of being that selfish, like, oh, they're just, you know, they're, they're bothering me. They're not, you know. Um, and so it comes from that self-sacrifice, too, like being patient with that person and, and um, not being so um, demanding of what I want, you know. It's
1: another gift, another fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's kindness. Mm -hmm. Being kind to people that you don't agree with. Our society has gone bonkers. We are unkind to one another and hateful. Mm -hmm. And that's a sign that we're not living in that power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, that uh, we're moving in the wrong direction, away from him becoming self-centered. And the Holy Spirit calls us out of ourselves in love embrace others, be kind and gentle, to be joyful. joyful. You're not angry, right? How many people in the world are angry today? Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, all of that. I mean, you see it everywhere, and um, it used to. I don't know. I feel like we have just gone in the wrong direction, and you can just see that in the faces of some people. Um, that. They're angry over the the slightest little thing can just set them off, you know, and you realize um, how important it is to to truly live in the spirit and to find that peace and joy even when things are not going well or even when um, you don't agree with someone. You still have that peace and joy, and I see it, especially in people that are Uh. having um, trials or really suffering in their family or someone they love, and they still have this amazing peace and joy about them. And you're like, that's the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Only through the Holy Spirit can they have that um, true peace during all of this that they're going through.
1: See joy is a way of life. Mm-hmm. You can be joyful even when your husband is dying of cancer or even when you've lost your job. You can still be joyful mm-hmm. because you have God, and God is the rock. And he's going to get us through right and the holy spirit leads us to that understanding that god loves us he loves us so much he sent his only son to die for us to open the gates of heaven for those who believe and then poured out his holy spirit upon us to lift us up and to give us direction so yeah we can be joyful regardless of what's happening around us
0: right i think people um Get that, get it confused with happiness. They think we should just be happy all the time, yeah, and that yeah. happiness is a feeling that can come and go, um, depending on
1: in on a moment's Sunday. notice.
0: Yes, yes. And so the, you know, you can't count on that. Um, you know, God, He never said, "I want you to be happy all the days of your life." I mean, we can't. That's not possible. But you can have that joy. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. true joy when you're when you're centered in the Lord and, and have the Spirit within you.
1: I look out on congregations when I'm celebrating Mass, and you can see the joy in some people's faces. It just comes out of their hearts and illuminates their faces. And the other people you see sitting in the pew, all dour, and like they're disinterested in what's happening. And you can tell the ones who are embracing the celebration, mm-hmm. and those who are just fulfilling an obligation yeah. to keep the Third Commandment, Right. you know? To keep holy the Sabbath day, so
0: yeah. I'm sure you know. y'all can't. I, I never really thought about that, but I'm yeah. sure you can see the
1: and it's frustrating for priests. I'm y'all sure. I want to shake you up. <laughs> you <know>?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, do you know While we're here,
1: is that what we have a point in the mass where just before the, our Father, I say through Him, with Him, and in Him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all power and glory to your only Father, and the people are supposed to respond, Amen. Mm-hmm. And so off you Amen. <laughs> you know, where's your excitement? Right. We've just celebrated this wonderful sacrament the Eucharist. Jesus right. is present on the altar. Where's your excitement? Right. You know, think of yourself as an apostle. Are you going to, to go out and to spread the good news? Yeah. You're not going to gain converts going, Amen. Right. You know, you've got to shout it from the mountaintops.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. We kind of go through the motions, you know, yeah. and we forget. What is right in front of us? What we have just celebrated? We talked about that a couple weeks on the podcast about the importance of mass and how it is more than just an obligation. This is a celebration. Well, it's a sacrifice every single mass, and it's um, we're we're called to participate in that. And um, so, yeah, I think it is if we really engage in that and um, call the Holy Spirit. You know, Um, and that's why we come in before mass and we kneel and we pray and we. Try to get our minds ready and and to call the Holy Spirit to to enter our, our hearts and our minds so we can prepare and, and realize what's going on and, and be a participant in that.
1: A week ago on Saturday, I had the 4 o'clock Mass, and I was preaching, giving my homily, and there was a man over to my right, and he started responding to my homily. He said, Preach it, brother. Preach really? it. You tell us, Father. You tell us. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hallelujah. At the end of the homily, he said, Amen, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And I turned to him. And I got caught up in the spirit. And I said, yeah. You're welcome. And the whole <laughs> congregation broke out in applause. You know?
0: Right. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Father you. David said the guy comes every now and then. So. Yeah. But I felt again a, a great Pentecostal moment. Mm-hmm. He was responding in joy. Right to the proclamation of the good of news. The gospel, right? If only everybody could do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But we were very reserved as Catholics.
0: We are. <laughs> yes, we sit on the back row. We say our little, our prayers. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, definitely there is, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that there is a revival of of the Mass and the Eucharist. I know our church is going through that right now, the Eucharistic revival. And, I really pray that we're getting more of a sense of that, of um, in, of of what we ha- what we have and what the mass is and the Eucharist and all the things. Um, we just really need a we need a revival. Um, our whole world needs um,
1: a revival. World, yeah. Every corner of it.
0: <laughs> Every corner, yeah, yeah. Um, to spread the good news. Because, like you said, there is joy to be had. There is joy in Jesus Christ, and so many people. Are, are seeking that, you know, I think it is a true desire of our heart that's placed there um, to, to be loved um, and to have that peace and joy, and it can only be filled by, by Jesus, you know, but we search and, and grasp for it um, with all of these worldly things out there, and, um, and people end up still so empty, you know, they can have everything in the world and end up so empty.
1: In this very commercial, a material world, people have replaced God with things. Mm-hmm. It's more important to have a boat or to spend money on a nice vacation or the biggest house possible when simplicity is what Jesus calls us to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, people succumb to that all the time, and they, they don't see it as worshiping, but they are. They're worshiping yeah. material possessions.
0: Yeah, yeah. They don't see it when you say an idol. They think, "Oh, I don't worship idols." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do that. But it, an idols it is it's something you you spend a time with. You spend your focus on. You know, and when you really look at that, um, it can be sports. You know. A job. Uh, a, yeah, yep. it can be so many things that we can put in place of of God, and. Um, if you really look at it even mass I mean it's one hour a week you know if you boil it down to one hour a week that's nothing you know Um, if God is truly the center if God is who you're worshiping um, he should get so much more of your time and hopefully he is you know during your prayer time during your during the week and even daily mass I mean we have that offered Um, I think most parishes have daily mass offered and Eucharistic adoration, there's so many opportunities, um, but we just want to fit that in to our busy schedules, you know, to fit God in where it's convenient for us sometimes. Um, and I think it, we can see that, how detrimental it's been to our society.
1: I had a conversation with a young man a couple of days ago, and he said, he came up and he said, Father, I have to miss adoration in my time this week. I said, why? He said, my daughter's got a, a ball game, and I have to go to the ball game. And I said, well, that's fine and good, but you don't have to miss. You can get someone to take your hour, and then you take their hour. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what's your priority? I know you got to love your daughter. I'm not saying ever skip your daughter's ball game, but Jesus is still more important than your daughter. Mm-hmm. So where are you putting your time?
0: Yeah, I think it is something all of us, I mean, it's something we have to look at every day, you know, um, where we're, because we, we all have good intentions, you know, we start out the week good and strong, and um, then by the end of the week, we, you can see it kind of fading down, so I think it's... You think it lasts that long? Maybe, I don't know, right? (laughs) Yeah, every day, every hour. Yeah, Yeah, we have to kind of, you know, um, readjust and and, and see where we are and, and make sure that we keep... You know, God at the center, because it can, there's so much noise out there. There's so many things grasping for our attention and, and pulling us away. And, um, yeah, we really have to focus on,
1: you know, all those things are what Satan tempted Jesus with in the desert.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: The material wealth, the reputation, Yeah. all that kind of, and he's tempting us too. Yeah. People want to say Satan doesn't exist. Brothers and sisters, he is alive and well. Right. And And he thinks he's got it won. Mm-hmm. But he does Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He he and he, he tempts us and it's with things that that look really really good. You know, it's not like he comes at us with all this evil stuff. It's it's stuff that looks really nice and and um, it can be detrimental. It can he gives a, and it, he is um, he loves division and he loves distraction um, because he knows um, if he can do that then he can he can try to pull us away from God and so. Um, yeah, we, the, the simplicity of, of what Jesus calls us to, I think, is important. As
1: well. There the power of the Holy Spirit comes in, too, because it gives the Holy Spirit and good wisdom to be able to discern what is good and wrong, mm-hmm. knowledge, yeah. to be able to see it. And if we're looking and we're praying, we'll be able to get through it. Uh, I know sometimes it's so enticing. Right. Even television. Yeah. You know, you're inanely watching television and something comes on and, oh my Lord. Yeah. I don't need to be seeing this. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, it's just everywhere and it's so, you know, um, accessible to everybody, um, all the things that are out there. Um, So to really stay focused every day, um, you know, in the Word of of God and um, in the sacraments. Um, that the church offers offers us and in prayer, and and like you said, the the basic prayer that's so beautiful and easy to pray is "Come, Holy Spirit." Um, you know, to pray that every day in every circumstance, um, that the Holy Spirit fills you and guides you, and um, that that you can allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Um, I think is a a great way to to um, to enter your day and to to pray that throughout the day, especially if you have decisions to make or things like that, just to pray for the Holy Spirit to enter in. Because like you said, he's not going to come where he's not welcome. That's right. You have to to beg for the Holy Spirit almost to, you know, and I've done that before, like beg the Holy Spirit to to come and, and guide you and lead you in the right direction.
1: He's very much like Jesus in that respect. We know the famous painting of Jesus knocking on the door. A lot of people don't understand there's no doorknob on the outside. It's the person inside has to welcome Jesus in. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. Right. He's there. He wants to come. He's been poured out upon us. We've received him in baptism, but have we opened the door to him? And that's a constant thing to, to get into the practice of pious prayer and asking for God's wisdom and understanding and mm-hmm. keeping us pious mm-hmm. and... uh Knowing what's right and wrong,
0: yeah. all in the power of God. Right, yeah, definitely through the Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit, can we discern a lot of that, a lot of that? Um, yeah, and I think um, as far as the, the gifts and mm-hmm. the the that were given, I think people, you know, they kind of get, um, they're not sure what to do, like. I don't know what God is calling me to do, you know. Um, but I think it, a lot of it is the way we live, you know, um, can really be a witness to people too. It's not just you have to be, um, you have to go out and, and talk to everybody you know about Jesus Christ. You have to go out and do a podcast or do, uh, write a book or be this, a speaker. You know, um, we all have different ways that the Holy Spirit wants to work through us. And to really be prayerful about that Um, and when you feel the calling or hear the calling for the Holy Spirit to do certain things, to be, have the courage to do it, um, because we all are called in different ways and really it's how you live your life is a lot of it too.
1: You know, St. Ignatius of Antioch 2,900 years ago said this, our work is not in persuasion. For Christianity is most powerful when it's hated by the world. So living as a faithful Christian in the world that does not like Jesus is the greatest witness we can give. Mm-hmm. And that will evoke the Holy Spirit in a ways that preaching never will.
0: Right.
1: Because you can preach and preach and preach, but if people's hearts aren't open, they're not going to receive. Right. But when they see Christians living a Christian life, yeah. their heart cries out, I want to be like them. Yeah. Yeah. What do they have that I don't have?
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And that changes their hearts and their direction. Yeah. So you're right. It's uh, the it's witness is what we're called to do.
0: Yeah, And I love that because you see people um, living this beautiful Christian life and you do. You're like, I want that. Um, I've noticed it, like I said years ago, when I've seen families go through tragedy and they still are so faithful and have such joy. And I'm like, I want that, how do I get that? And th- that is, you know, through the Holy Spirit, but I, it is a beautiful witness when you're living your Christian faith um, in, a, in that beautiful way. And, and when people see you living and see the fruits of the Spirit, you know, if you're living in the Spirit, your, your life is gonna produce those fruits it just is Um, and so if you're showing people the love and the kindness and the generosity and and all of that I think yeah hearts are going to be stirred and the Holy Spirit will come in
1: and that's what we pray for we pray for conversion yeah
0: yeah and that can only happen through the the Holy Spirit for sure All right. anything else any last minute uh, thoughts about the Holy Spirit before we wrap up
1: the Holy Spirit is the most powerful force in the world today it's a sleeping giant it just needs to be woken up mm-hmm. and you know a lot of prayer meetings have been happening all around the country colleges the Asbury Pentecostal movement mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit flooding these auditoriums these churches these gymnasiums and the charismatic renewal in the Catholic church. It's very powerful. Uh, it's just waiting to touch society in general. Yeah. And to anoint the goodness that exists among us instead of the news that keep us focused on the bad and on division. Right. God is just waiting for us to be one as the father and he are one as he and the holy spirit are one and as the father and the holy spirit are one as they are one in three right the three persons of the one divine god god wants us to be a part of that and that's our calling right to be with him forever in heaven
0: yeah and the holy spirit kind of down here to gather us all up as one gather us up to the church and gather us as one uh, to bring us to the father and the son as well bring us into the holy spirit so well, thank you so much, Father. Tim. You're welcome. I was, appreciate the invitation. Yeah, it was wonderful. So thank you. And um, until next time, welcome home to Southern Catholics.